Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. So I'm going to continue in the vein in which I was ministering uh, Sunday about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Can you say that with me? The ministry of the Holy Spirit. If it would go ahead graciously and put up nugget number one, we're going to go through that again real quick, and then I'm going to do just a little amplification. The Lord says the same. Nugget number one. Ready? Read. Now, we've already clarified what does he. We've already clarified that, right? That the Holy Spirit is not an it. He's not a it. He is a person, which just simply means he can hear. He has feelings. The Bible says, grieve not the spirit of God. So he can be grieved. He can talk. He can guide. He can strengthen. He can counsel. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? He can see. He is a person. Nugget number two, please. Ready? Read. Nugget number three. We've got to go through these. Nugget number four. We've been over Sunday. Read, read that one again. Read that one more time. He indwells the believer. We need to find out why is he there? Why is he there? Because if you don't acknowledge why he's there, then he can be there and you can live your life like he's not there. Nugget number what? Five, please. The Holy Spirit seals the believer. Good God of mercy. We can preach on that all night. Nugget number six, and let's get busy. The Holy Spirit what? Yeah, you can't be depressed and filled. Come on now, let's, let's speak truth in this church. You, 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 you can't be oppressed and filled. You can't be discouraged and filled. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? You can't be discouraged and filled. For the mere fact you're discouraged is a sign you need a refilling. And there's nothing wrong with needing a refilling. How many of you drove here tonight? Uh, Have you ever refueled? Have you ever tried to drive your car without refueling it? Talk to me. And it left you on the side of the road. Sometimes you got some grace. You were driving on fumes. But those fumes will last only but so long. It's the same with your spiritual walk. Every now and then, you got to pull in to the Holy Ghost filling station. And, and I'm not talking about getting that low grade. There's nothing but premium at the Holy Ghost filling station. Are you listening to me? Good. Big car, small car, take, all takes the same gas. Now, we're dealing with the ministry, say the ministry. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with be 
with being filled with the Spirit. I'll say it again. The baptism of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with being filled with the Spirit. Baptism, the baptism has to do with salvation. Baptism of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with what? Being filled with the Spirit. Why? Because to be baptized in the Holy Spirit has to do with salvation. So being baptized of the Holy Spirit, that's one experience. Are you listening? The baptism with the Holy Ghost, not of, but with the Holy Spirit is talking about power. And that is the gift, we'll deal with that later, that Jesus was talking about in the Gospel of John. Well, let's turn there. John chapter 16. Being born of the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit is two separate experiences. You can be born of the Spirit, a child of God, but live a life without the power of God manifesting in your life. The 120 that were in the upper room, they had already believed on Jesus, including his mother. But notice Jesus gave them a charge. I know you've been born of the Spirit, but you need to be filled with the Spirit if you're going to have power to do ministry in the earth. So go in the upper room and tarry until the promise comes. Go and tarry, you'll know when I've arrived in heaven because when I arrive in heaven, amen, and sit down at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Ghost will manifest in your midst in the earth so that you'll know even though I'm gone, you're not by yourself. Oh, hallelujah. And Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away. Come on, talk to me, church. Now let's look at, what did I say, John? John chapter 16 Look at, I'm sorry, video department, but here we go. Look at uh, verse number seven. John 16, seven. Are you there? Ready? Read. Now, hold on, hold on. Jesus is talking to the disciples. I got a question. What could be better than actually physically having Jesus with you? Explain to me how it's going to be to my advantage. Cool, Jesus, that you leave me. That's what he said. In other words, he was saying, don't be discouraged that I'm leaving. It's to your advantage that I go. Why? Because if I'm somewhere with John, I'm not with James. If I'm somewhere with Bartholomew, I'm not in somewhere with Matthew because the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, who wrapped himself in an earth suit, he could only be one place. Come on, talk to me, church. So he was saying, it's going to be to your advantage that I go away because if I go not away, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, that's why things are happening and you can sense something in the church is because Harvest Church is no longer ignoring the third person of the Godhead. 
is the agent of the Trinity that is in the earth. And he's not just here to walk around. He's here to help us. But how can he help you if you don't acknowledge him? And how can you acknowledge him if you don't know he exists? And how can he help you if you're calling him an it? Because he's a person. And so the Bible says, grieve not. Come on, talk to me. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. So, so let's deal with this. Uh, I shared with you Sunday that the Holy Spirit, he immediately affects a fivefold work in the life of a believer. How many? A fivefold work. Let's deal with number one, which was one of your nuggets. The Holy Spirit regenerates the believer. He literally, the Holy Spirit, he literally gives the person the nature of God. When you become born again, God literally gives you his nature. This is one of the signs that you know you're born again. Before you got born again, you didn't like certain people. And nothing happened other than you received Jesus. And when he came in, your heart was filled with love. I mean, you loved everybody for a while. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that in there. Well, let's go to Titus chapter number three. Titus, the pastoral pastor or pastoral epistle, the last one. Because the Holy Spirit regenerates the believer. As I said, he literally gives that person the nature of God. Look at verse number five. Titus chapter three, verse number five. Look at this. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, according to his mercy. That's why God said he hates a proud look. You, you don't have any business looking at people like you got it going on, like, a, like you so sanctified. Because all of us got something that we don't want God to put on the screen. Mm -hmm. I said all of us. Got something. And I'm not talking about something on your iPhone. Are you in Titus chapter 3, verse number 5? Not by works of righteousness which we have done. We can't earn it. We can't work for it. It's a free gift. But according to his mercy, what did he do? He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came in and washed all of your filth out of your life. And the reason he was able to do it is because 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid a price for you and I that whosoever would call on his name, that the Holy Spirit would go into action and do a work on the inside. Amen. On the inside, the work on the outside. Can somebody say amen? Now let's look at something else. Let's go to John. One of my favorite chapters, John chapter 3. I understand now why Jesus, his most difficult challenge in his earth walk was with religious people. Because they're self-righteous. But look at this in John chapter 3. Are you there? Look at verse number 3. 
Jesus answered and said to him, now he's talking about Nicodemus. You all know Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. He was a teacher. And uh, he, was, he was witnessing uh, what the religious folks were doing to Jesus and what they were saying to him. But, but he knew that there was something about him. Even though he was hearing all these lies and these accusations, down in his soul, Nicodemus knew there was something different about this man. But uh, being the politician that he was, he didn't want people to see him inquiring. So the Bible says that he went to Jesus at night. Mm -hmm. You know, people when they're up to no good is always... Be careful when somebody only wants to see you at. <laughs> Look at verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, to Nicodemus, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, Hold on, Jesus. I've been to school, and I don't know of any university you've attended. How, how can this be? Uh, uh, can, a man be can, can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time in, into his mother's womb? And Jesus said, or answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the he or she cannot enter come on talk to me cannot enter that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit come on Nicodemus don't marvel at this I, what I said to you you must, you must be born, you must be born again. So the word is clearly letting us see that the washing of regeneration is what the Lord was speaking about. As we read in Titus chapter 3 verse 5, he's clarifying this of what Jesus promised in John chapter 3 that we just read. Now the, look at this, he says that a person must be what? born again. Now, that word again in the Greek uh, signifies from above, that a person must be born from above. Are you listening to me? Now, I don't want to get into a, any deep dialogue with you theologians, but I don't believe when Jesus said a man, a person must be born of water and of spirit, I don't believe he was talking about a baby in a mother's uh, placenta we won't get into that we won't fall out about the different types of water baptisms but I believe when he made reference to being born of water he was talking about the word of God that the word of, the word of God has to wash you the word of God has to draw you the word of God has to prick your heart and when you decide to give your life to Jesus then the Holy Spirit goes into operation and do a work on the inside of you he makes you something that you are not without God. Can somebody say amen? I said, can somebody say amen? 
And so last Sunday, we talked about the Holy Spirit and not ignoring him. I mean, we need him. We need his gifts. We need, I mean, we should expect when we come together that a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge, amen, we should be a gift of faith, gifts of healing and working of miracles, prophecy, tongues and interpretation of tongues, discerning of spirits. We should be expecting these things when we come together. When we come together, we're acknowledging him and he doesn't just come, he brings his gifts. And they're not your gifts, they're his gifts. And the church doesn't function well without his gifts. We don't know where we're going without this gift. Are you listening to me? And then the gifts of the gifts of the spirit are not, I'm going to say, delegated, relegated to only the pastor. Every child of God, amen, is a, is a potential, uh, what can I say, prospect of being used by the Holy Ghost. Why? Because they're his gifts. So when you say, I got the gifts of the Spirit operating in my life, you're telling a lie. You don't have the gifts. They're not yours. They're the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's why you can't work the nine gifts when you get ready. But you can speak in tongues whenever you feel like it because that's your gift. But the nine gifts of the Spirit, it is as the Spirit wills. Come on, Come on, come on, get with me tonight. Now, let's deal with this. The Holy Spirit baptizes the believer. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. I know I'm going fast, but uh, I need to. Romans chapter 6. Look at verse number 3. We're talking about the ministry of the Holy Ghost. And by and large, without proper teaching, uh, we think that just getting filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, that's it. And because of the lack of proper teaching, in some cases, that's all people do. They just speak in tongues, and when they get finished, they go watch television. With no thought at all. They don't even meditate for a while to see what the Holy Spirit is saying. And if the Holy Spirit will give you the interpretation on occasions of what you just prayed. Are you all listening to me? Now let's deal with this, the ministry of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit baptizes the believer. Are you in Romans chapter 6? Look at verse number 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as we baptize into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him. Therefore we were buried with him. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That just simply means when Jesus went down, you went down. And when he got up, you got up. And now that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, you're seated with him. We're seated right now in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How can something on the earth get you depressed when you're flying so high? Ooh, Jesus. Only buzzards are depressed. And they're depressed because they can't fly high enough to see victory. But the Bible said we're eagles. Any eagles in the house? <laughs> 
and eagles don't run with a crowd because eagles don't need a whole lot of company. All the eagle need is a word. Leave it alone, preacher. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit placing the believer in the body of Christ is twofold. How many of you are saved? Let me see your hands. So that means the working of the Holy Spirit, when you ask Jesus to come into your life, it was the Holy Ghost who baptized you into Christ. And he baptized you into Christ with a twofold purpose. How many? With a twofold purpose. Purpose number one is to answer Christ's prayer for Christian unity in John chapter 17, verse 21. That's a work of the Holy Spirit to answer Jesus. Let's go there. John chapter 17. Real quick. John chapter 17. So you can see one of the works of the Holy Ghost. He had to answer Jesus' prayer in the life of a believer. Are you there? John 17 verse 21. Nor will they say. I'm sorry. I'm in Luke. John chapter 17. How come y'all didn't tell me? Well, back up to verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those, come on. How many of you believe on the Lord through the word? So Jesus saying here in this verse that I'm praying right now, but I'm not just praying for you disciples right here in my midst. I'm praying for those who are coming down the pike. I'm praying for Donna. I'm praying for Steve. I'm praying for Cynthia. I'm praying for Billy Bob. I'm praying for Buster. And look, look in verse 21. That they all. That's why wherever you see a lack of unity, you always know the devil is present. Now, now notice the word says that Jesus prayed. What did he pray? He prayed that we would be one body. That we would be one. Now notice he had to pray it because it hadn't happened yet. It can't happen until somebody prays. Are you listening to me? So when, who Jesus when you pray to the Father in Jesus' name, the Father doesn't send the answer. Jesus doesn't send the answer. The Holy Spirit brings the manifestation of the answer. He is the workman in the earth, the Holy Ghost. That's why I gave you an assignment a few lessons ago. Your assignment was to get to know the Holy Spirit. Because most of us, we heard mostly of the Father, we heard of the Son, but very little about the Holy Ghost. And he is our helper. And I don't know about you, but I need all the help I can get. So one of the, uh, of the twofold uh, helpings of the Holy Ghost is that he, he answered the prayer of Jesus, as we just read in John 17, 21, that there may be unity in the body. Then the other work of the Holy Ghost to prepare a bride for Christ. The Holy Spirit is preparing a bride for Christ. 
I think I said to you the other day that uh, uh, no man in his right mind want a bride who don't want him. Okay, it didn't go too well on that side. I said no man in his right mind is excited about marrying a woman that don't want him. So why would Jesus marry you? Ooh, Jesus. Because when a man marries a woman and she doesn't want him, yeah, let's go to something else. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Jesus. Let, let's look at this. 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Look at verse uh, number 2, I think. Oh, Jesus. Look at, look at this. Hold on to your seat. I, I, I don't have enough nerve to read it tonight. I could, I could have read it last Sunday, but I don't have. Would you read uh, uh, verse number two, please? Ready? Read. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. So part of the twofold workings of the Holy Spirit is to prepare a bride for Christ. His assignment from the Father is to prepare a bride for the Father's Son. Are you all listening to me? Oh, Jesus. Revelation 19. We won't stay there and drown, but Revelation, I call it heavy, heavy. Look at 19, verse 6. Revelation chapter 19, verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, And as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Allah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Look at seven. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come. And his wife has made Good God Almighty. Ask somebody, say, are you ready? Are, are, you, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Because when he comes, there's no time to get ready. Oh, Jesus. The time has come. His wife has made. Oh, Jesus. Isn't that good? The other part of the working of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit indwells the believer. Oh, Jesus. You're already in Corinthians, well, in Revelation. Go to 1 Corinthians real quick because you you need to see this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I just want to give you the word of God on why the Holy Spirit is in your life and it's more than you just sitting around speaking in tongues. 1 
to one another. First Corinthians, are you there? Look at verse number 16. This is Apostle Paul talking to the church of Corinth. He says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God now, no, don't read this too fast because there's some things you and I will not do if we truly acknowledge that we are the temple of God. It, can you all handle this? Um, somebody go ahead and light up a cigarette. Somebody in here, it's all right, we'll, we'll use some air freshener and clear it up. Just, just break it out and light it up. Man, I don't want you to believe it's not in here. But I'm just asking you, you got my permission. And if you get in trouble, God, I'll, I'll take the penalty for it. Just go ahead and light it up. I'm waiting on you. Now, we know you smoke. Because you can't hide when you smoke. You can do all spray all the breath mints you want. We can we, we know. Now, why don't you light it up? No, you won't light it up because you're in church. Pastor, I, you know, I'm in church. And so you have more respect for this than you do the real temple. I mean, you wouldn't lay down in here with somebody. Oh, Pastor, I don't do this. This is the house of God. This is the temple of God. No, no, no. You're the temple. Be careful now. I mean, we respect this place. We don't just do anything in here, but we don't worship this place. We come to worship somebody who visits us in this place, but we don't worship this place. Because this building is not the temple. The Spirit of God is in here because we're in here. We could change the music, dim the light, put on some fog. And another spirit will fill this place. Ooh, Jesus. Are we, are we all together? So the Holy Spirit, he indwells the believer. And the purpose of this, who get this, the purpose of his indwelling is to control the newly created creature. Ooh, God. Did you get that? He indwells the believer. Why? Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things, and behold, all things. So the work of the Holy Spirit is to indwell the believer to control the new nature 
that has been deposited in him or her. To replace what you used to do and how you used to act and how you used to think to a whole new arena. Oh my. The purpose of the indwelling of the, is that he would control the newly created nature. When you became born again, God gave you a new nature. But it's like anything else. If you don't feed it, So if you feed yourself more on secular than you do spiritual, then don't get upset that you're always responding to things in a carnal way. Because the stronger person is going to dominate. Are you all listening to me? So that's part of the work of the Holy Spirit. His purpose is to indwell, to indwell us so that he can control the newly created nature. The other uh, point I want to make, the Holy Spirit seals the believer. Ephesians 1.13. Ephesians 1.13. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In him you also trusted after you heard. When did you trust? After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit sealed us. Glory to God. And what I love about Jesus, he told the Father, Father, all that you gave me, he said, I lost I didn't lose anybody that you gave me. Oh, my goodness. We've been sealed. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Every child of God. Look at Ephesians 4.30. Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were, when? For the day of redemption. So we see in the word of God that we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, but we're also charged not to grieve him. Okay, how do, how do you grieve him? How does somebody grieve you? How do your kids grieve you? Now, come on, it's not some deep theological term, you know, grieve not the Holy Spirit. How do your kids grieve you? What do your kids do that cause you to grieve as a parent? Come on, talk to me. Disobey, disobedience. Because anything you ask them to do, you always have in mind is for their good. So it grieves you as a parent when they don't listen to you because you know what's going to happen. They don't know because they think they know everything. And many times we do God the same way because we think we know everything so much so that we don't need God. Can somebody say amen? Let's deal with this last one. He fills the believer. Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter 2. Acts 2. Acts chapter 2. And I believe I want verse number 4. Can we just back up to verse number 1? Acts 2, 1. When the day 
of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. Can I just park the car right there? Because you all are not responding good enough. Because you're looking for a miracle. I just read you one. A hundred on one accord. A hundred and twenty. Nobody's spewing off the vision. Everybody got this. Everybody's waiting. And everybody's waiting with a good attitude. Nobody's shoe shooing. Nobody's talking about the latest sales. They're just waiting on the promise. And they don't even know what it is. They don't even know what it looks like. Because the promise, as I shared with you the other service, the promise that is coming, you can't even see it. So God has promised them a promise that when it arrives, they can't see it. God has promised them a promise that when it comes, they can't touch it. But the promise is coming. And they're going to receive a promise that they can't see, they can't touch, but how are they going to know that they have the promise? Look at verse number two. And they were all on one accord in one place. This is the birthplace of Christianity, the day of Pentecost. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house while the door is shut and the windows locked. Now you got to get the picture because by and large you can't get people together to wait 15 minutes. Yet these people including Jesus' mother now, you know, whatever the promise was, it had to be important for Jesus to assign his mother to receive him. Notice I didn't say to receive it. Whatever was coming as a result of the promise of Joel, Jesus thought it was important enough for his mother to be there to experience it. And whatever they're going to experience, they're not going to see it. They're not going to be able to apprehend it with their hands. For you people say, I'll believe it when I see it. So you wasn't in the room. They didn't call you to the meeting. Because the promise, when he manifests, you will not be able to see him. But he's going to give us a little clue that he showed up. Because he came in like a mighty rushing wind. Have you ever felt the wind? Have you ever grabbed the wind? Have you ever saw the wind? But you can see the effects of it on the trees. Why? Because they're blowing. You can't see the wind, but you see the effects. They can't necessarily see the Holy Ghost in your life, but they can see the effects of the Holy Ghost when you reach out and start winning souls and reaching out to hurting humanity. Can somebody say amen? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. That's what it is. Some of you are speaking in tongues, but you've left the fire. You're almost like the person who says, give me the shoe, but I don't want the tongue. No, no, you get the shoe, you get the tongue. And I believe when you really get apprehend the Holy Spirit, you get the fire. And somebody said, well, everybody's personality is different. Put your hand in that socket. I don't care if you're sanguine or whatever, whatever you say you are. You know, I'm just mild-mannered. I'm, I'm, I'm laid back. Uh, I'm, kind of a, uh, I'm kind of an introvert. Put your hand in that socket with your introvert self. And we're going to see how you respond. And I guarantee you, everybody is going to respond the same way because that fire, that current that is in that socket, it affects everybody the same way. And when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, you'll act the same way like they did on the day of Pentecost. And if you say you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and you're dead, you didn't stay in the upper room long enough. Because a little dab won't do you. You got to get filled to the overflow. Where you're not afraid to witness to anybody that the Holy Ghost tell you to get, get a hold of them. Please, please have a seat. Let's close now. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them. That means everybody in the room got touched. God, I don't want to be at Harvest Church, and you're moving, and people are moving with you in the spirit, and I'm on the sideline dead being a spectator while you're moving in our midst. I don't know what y'all got last night, but whatever you got, I want it. Whatever you got from God, I want it. I don't want to be dead. I don't want to be backslidden. I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be a carnal Christian. If I say I'm saved, I want to live like I'm saved. If I say I love Jesus, I want to live like I love Jesus. And the Holy Ghost is here to help me to live that way and to help you. And then verse 4, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. We'll continue the next time we come together. We'll continue to deal with the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Bless the Lord tonight for his word. Come on, you can do better than that. And so we repented the last time we were together. Let's lift our hands. As a church father, say this with me, in the name of Jesus, we repent again for conducting our lives 
in such a way where we were ignoring the third person of the Godhead. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.